The Score Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by The Score Bet. That's right. We brought you the best sports media app. Now we're bringing you the best sports book. The Score Bet offers a safe and secure mobile sports book experience with both pregame and in-play markets. But best of all, it's integrated into the score and our content to give you the easiest and most seamless sports betting experience. So take advantage of exciting promotions and odds boosts all season long. Download it now on iOS and Android. It's available in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, and New Jersey, 21 plus. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, contact 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. Visit thescore.bet for more details. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We're coming off a great weekend of games. Still got the big Monday nighter to go. We got good versus evil. We got my Bills against the Patriots. The weather is supposed to be crazy. Sustained winds around 20 miles an hour. Maybe some snow, some wet rain. I'm sure Bills Mafia is going to be fired up in rare form for that one. So good luck to everybody out there braving the elements tonight. Before we get there, though. We got to go over the injuries from week 13. It's not too bad in terms of severity, but a bunch of names to monitor. And then we'll break down the top waiver wire targets heading into week 14, which is the final week of the fantasy regular season in most leagues. I know the playoffs are starting in some leagues, but most spots, you still got one more week to solidify that playoff spot. We're into the final stretch. You got to enjoy it while it lasts here. We're going to enjoy today's show while it lasts. What we don't enjoy is players getting hurt. And we have to keep up on the latest injuries. That's just the way it is. That's why I have to spend so much time every week talking about the injuries, how they're going to impact your fantasy teams, players you can pivot to, how long guys are going to be out. We got to go over all of it. Let's start with Adam Thielen this week. He suffered a high ankle sprain. That was the end of his day. And I feel like I need a recording just to remind everybody. We talk about these ankle injuries every week. They give us an initial diagnosis. Then we got to wait like a day or so later just to see how it looks after the, the swelling is passed. But the Vikings, they're playing on Thursday night. So no matter what happens here, very, very slim chance that Thielen is going to be able to suit up in that one. So Justin Jefferson, tight end Tyler Conklin, they're going to be in for huge target shares in that game. KJ Osborne gets a bump. He's more into that flex range now. And then we'll just wait to see how bad it is for Thielen, how much time he could miss. 31 years old, too. Might take a, a little bit longer for him to get back out there, right? He's not a, a young pup anymore. T. Higgins, also an ankle sprain for him. Fortunately, this one didn't seem as bad as Thielen's. Higgins came back into the game. He was able to play through it. Wouldn't be surprised if he misses some practice time this week, but you figure he should be good to go for week 14, but it's one we're going to have to keep monitoring here just to see if it gets any worse over the next couple days. Same thing with his teammate, Joe Burrow. He dislocated his pinky finger early in that game. He managed to play through it. Maybe he's going to sit out of practice or two, but shouldn't result in him missing any time. And then the same for Joe Mixon, actually. We'll just stick with all these Bengals players at once. He left. 
He returned. I'm pretty sure it was an arm injury for him. I didn't actually write down what it was, but not overly concerned about it. I'm just mentioning it because I did jot it down in my notes, so I had Mixon on there. And I like to mention, sometimes those running back injuries especially, they're not talked about if it's kind of a minor thing, and then you find out Wednesday, Thursday, they're not practicing, and all of a sudden, they're not out there the next week. So I don't think that's going to be the case with Mixon here, but on the off chance that he did have to sit out at any point, Samaj Piran would become an RB2 for fantasy, but there's a lot of updates like this this week. It's not really super severe stuff for the most part, just a lot of quick hit kind of things. So I'll try to get through them as fast as I can. Kenny Galladay hurt his ribs in the first half, came back. He played in the second half. The rib injuries, normally it's a pain tolerance issue, right? So Galladay should be able to play through it, but I would be hesitant to even roster him at this point. So we're going to get Kadarius Tony. I mean, we're going to get Sterling Shepard. These guys are going to come back soon, whether it's this week, whether it's in two weeks. They're going to be back at some point, and that's going to eat into Galladay's targets. And sadly, I mean, right when you see these wide receivers maybe starting to get healthy for the Giants, we've had Galladay come back. Hopefully, we get those other guys back this week. All of a sudden, the quarterback room is now in question. You got Daniel Jones, who missed this week's game with that neck issue. He's week to week, so there's no guarantees he's going to play on Sunday. His backup, Mike Lennon's now in concussion protocol. It might actually be Jake Fromm starting against the Chargers in week 14. And it's just yikes, like just yikes. That's my professional analysis on that one. If Daniel Jones doesn't play, it's going to be tough to start any of the Giants other than Saquon Barkley this week. And even if Jones does play, the outlook doesn't get that much better, unfortunately. Corey Davis. Now this one is a little more serious. He's done for the season. He's undergoing core muscle surgery and Elijah Moore's really looking great. He's been coming on. So even if Davis was healthy, Davis wouldn't be getting the kind of volume that we saw him get earlier in the year. He'd be fighting for targets out there. So get ready for this Moore breakout to continue down the stretch. And for Davis, we'll look ahead to 2022. Hopefully he can come back healthy and be a fantasy asset at that point in this Jets offense. A couple other receivers just to note here. Chris Godwin, Jalen Waddle, both of them left their games with lower body injuries. Both of them came back, so keep an eye on the practice participation there, but they should be fine. Uh, Miles Sanders, so he's been dealing with the ankle injury. He was able to play this week, but he aggravated it again. The good news for him, though, is the Eagles are on bye this week, so he's going to have a couple weeks here to get healthy. We actually have four teams on bye. It seems so late in the season. I know the season gets extended by a week here, but it seems really late in the season for us to have four teams on bye, but the Eagles, the Colts, the Dolphins, and the Patriots will all be off this week, so Sanders is going to get a couple weeks to rest here. Should give him enough time to get healthy. Austin Eckler, this one might not be anything and will probably go underreported early in the week, but Eckler did limp off near the end of the game, so we'll be on the lookout for any updates there. Justin Jackson, he would be the Eckler replacement, but we definitely see some Josh Kelly in that scenario as well. Still, don't overreact to that one. Eckler's probably going to be okay. It's just one we're going to watch the rest of the week here. Daryl Henderson, so he was active for Week 13, was an emergency situation only, and Sony Michelle just went off. 27 touches, 129 yards from scrimmage, and a touchdown. I would imagine that once Henderson's healthy, once he's back out there, this is going to be more of a committee now. Michelle is here to stay in this backfield. So if you've been using Henderson, all that volume, he's not going to have the same ceiling anymore. He's not going to see those touches that he was getting. We're going to see Michelle out there. So now you got to look at Henderson as more of that RB2, maybe RB3. And Michelle would be the same. If they're both out there, they're going to be ranked similarly 
in that kind of range. If we get another game, though, with Henderson sideline, Michelle right up in the top 15, maybe even the top 10. He looked really good. That offense was moving. I know it was the Jags, but still it was a nice performance from him. Kenyon Drake, he broke his ankle. He is done for the year. And remember, Jalen Richard's on the COVID list. So this could turn into pretty significant volume here for Josh Jacobs. That's what we saw this week. Had a bigger role as a pass catcher. And we've seen him really have a bigger role as a pass catcher all year long. But now with Drake out, maybe with Richard missing another week, Jacobs could be a real workhorse. We've always wanted to see that. I mean, he had nine catches on Sunday. It's an outlier. He's not going to see nine catches every week. But it shows that there's a really serious receiving role there for him. If those other two guys are sidelined and then Peyton Barber just becomes a stash now with the other injuries there. We saw Barber earlier in the season when Jacobs went down, Barber had a nice game and a spot start there. Jeff Wilson, we still haven't got any details on this injury. Kyle Shanahan said he was going to have an update on Monday, but this could make Jermichael Hasty the backup to roster in San Francisco if Wilson's going to miss any time, just in case if something happens to Elijah Mitchell, knock on all of the wood here. We do not want to see that happen. Uh, Mitchell on a lot of teams, we do not want to see him get hurt. But if something were to happen to him, Jermichael Hasty might be moving into that immediate backup role. Over at tight end, Logan Thomas. Okay, another serious one here. He was believed to have suffered a torn ACL initially, but Ron Rivera came out on Monday, said that the MRI showed that it wasn't a tear. He said they still have to do more tests though, so they're not really sure what they're looking at yet, but likely Thomas is going to miss some time regardless. So Ricky Seals-Jones, if he is out there in your league, if he himself can get back on the field because he's been hurt with a hip issue for a little while here, if he can come back healthy, we saw him basically step into that Thomas role and be a back-end tight end one for fantasy for a stretch. Just the volume that he was getting in that offense could happen again here. So he's a preemptive pickup this week. Let's put it that way. And if he can't go, then the rookie John Bates would be in the streamer mix. Wouldn't be as excited about him, but still a guy that can see some volume in this offense and has put up some stats and some limited action this year. And then a couple quarterbacks, Taysom Hill. We talked about his injury on Friday's live show. He ruptured a tendon in his finger. They're calling it mallet finger, which was one of the injuries Russell Wilson had that forced him to sit for a few weeks and have surgery. But apparently Hill's injury isn't as bad. So they're hoping he's going to be able to play through it. If he does, the matchup's really juicy here in week 14. He's going up against the Jets. And you look at Hill, even though he's going to make some mistakes out there, you watch that Thursday game, he went up against the Cowboys, he throws four picks in that game, still has over 20 fantasy points just because of that rushing production that he can give you. So he'd be a streamer, just got to be careful in case that finger's worse than they're letting on there. Tyrod Taylor, he has a wrist injury, set to undergo an MRI today. I mean, the Texans aren't going anywhere, so why not just let Davis Mills get out there, let the rookie out there, let him see what he can do doesn't really matter either way. He gets a little experience, maybe get lucky and he starts to mature and evolve. And maybe he turns into a guy that could be a long-term backup, or maybe I don't think he's going to be a starter for the Texans. I think they're going to go out and get another quarterback, but maybe he could be a, a piece on your team long-term. Or if it turns out he's not, then you know in the offseason you can move on from at that point. But it really doesn't matter either way here. Fantasy-wise, Brandon Cooks, his stock takes a bit of a hit, but it's hard to trust anybody in that Houston offense. So in general, I would just try to avoid it if you can. And then the usual list of characters here, I mean, guys who might return this week, it's possible. We'll be watching for that. Alvin Kamara, Debo Samuel, uh, DeAndre Swift, Darren Waller, Melvin Gordon, Chase Edmonds, Julio Jones, Justin Fields, J.D. McKissick, Allen Robinson, David Johnson, Alex Collins, 
I'll throw Jeremy McNichols' name in there too. We'll be paying close attention to their practice participation, see if they can get back this week. And then we're probably still a week or more away from seeing Dalvin Cook, uh, A.J. Brown, Will Fuller, Michael Carter. Those guys, a couple of them can't even come off of IR for another week or two here. But just names that I want to throw out there, just keep them in the back of your mind. They're guys that when they do get back, are going to make an impact down the stretch. But that should catch you up on the notable injuries. We're trying to be thorough here. We're trying to go through everything. You know, even when the injuries aren't that big, when it's not a major week, when we're not talking about all these running backs like we've had in recent weeks getting hurt, we're still trying to be thorough. It's good to know who's dinged up, who might miss some time, who might be limited, because that could have a huge impact on your fantasy team, and it could have a big impact on what you're doing waiver wire-wise that week, right? So that's always the second part of these Monday shows, the top waiver ads, and I'll have my big waiver wire column out on Monday night over at The Score. Lots of players at every position for you to consider each week, all broken down into categories, but today we're just going to talk about the top ads, and we'll start with quarterbacks, even with the injury. Taysom Hill is still up there in terms of the quarterback pickups this week. He's 34% rostered. Like I said, playing the Jets. Bottom line, there are not many quarterbacks that can give you 100 rushing yards in a week. Not many guys in the league can do that. Hill is one of them. He showed that last Thursday, especially with how this Saints offense is currently constructed with all the injuries they have. We'll see if Kamara can come back this week. They were down a couple linemen as well. Either way, Hill is a decent streamer. It really doesn't matter who's out there with him. If he's going to run that much... He is a guy that you could play in fantasy. Justin Fields, another guy dealing with an injury. It's pushed him down to 19% rostered. It's ribs for him. So Matt Nagy talked about the pain tolerance thing, said they won't put Fields at risk. They won't put him back out there if he's not physically safe to do so, which is an obvious thing to say. But they're also dealing with Andy Dalton having a hand injury. So it's possible Dalton's not ready to go. And maybe that kind of pushes them to get Fields back out there. I wouldn't go wild here to try to get Fields on your team. Just know that he had a couple top 10 fantasy finishes in the weeks before he got hurt there. He's another guy with a ton of rushing upside. Even in a tougher matchup against the Packers, he could be somebody you put out there as a streamer. Cam Newton, 29% rostered. Coming off the bye week, the Panthers fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. Doesn't really change that much for Newton here. He's still risky. You know, you look at him, we saw against the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, if things go south, they can really crater for Newton, and Newton got pulled in that game for P.J. Walker. This matchup with the Falcons, not nearly as scary. Should be a good game for Cam here. I see him as a high-end quarterback, too. He has that QB1 upside fantasy-wise. And really, if you look at the names here, a lot of those guys that I just mentioned, they're all kind of in a, a similar boat when you look at the ceiling and the floor that they're potentially giving you. And there's other guys. The list goes on and on here. I mean, Taylor Heineke against Dallas, Teddy Bridgewater against the Lions. They're sort of the next tier in terms of waiver wire pickups. There's also some bi-week stashes like Tua Tagovailoa. He continues to play well. Even Gardner Minshew in deeper leagues. I know it was against the Jets, and I do anticipate Jalen Hurts. He'll come back after the bye. That's what I think. It's not guaranteed, though, at this point. So there is a chance that Minshew gets more starts this year, and he's somebody that you can stash in a two-quarterback or super flex league. He's only rostered in 5% of leagues out there. I actually played him in a couple spots this this week in super flex leagues where I needed a quarterback because bye weeks or injuries. I threw him out there, performed pretty nicely, worked out well for me. And the schedule, it's not too bad after the bye. They play Washington, they play the Giants, and then they play Washington again. So we might not have heard the last from Minshew Mania here. Plenty of options at quarterback. I mean, I could keep going here, but I'm not going to. You can go check out the waiver wire column for the rest of these names. 
Not so deep at running back, unfortunately. Deonta Foreman, Dontrell Hilliard, and to a lesser extent, Jeremy McNichols. We can kind of put them all together and talk about the three teammates here. They're coming off the bye week. Foreman and Hilliard up at 40% rostered after what they did in that Patriots game. McNichols down at 11%. And what we don't know is whether McNichols is going to get his role back. He's probably going to be healthy at this point. He was in concussion protocol. He's had a lot of time here, though. Now, are they going to let him go back out there and take his role? Or are they going to give Hilliard a chance to repeat what he did against the Patriots? I would think that they're still going to give Hilliard a shot. I mean, 133 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown in that game. Foreman wasn't far behind, 112 yards total for himself. The Titans are 9.5-point favorites over the Jags in Week 14. Why not just roll with those guys again and see if they can continue to produce, right? It should be a pretty big day for the rushing attack there. Foreman would seemingly benefit the most in that kind of game script, but we're going to see the other backs involved, and I would rank them in that order. Foreman, Hilliard, and then McNichols kind of a distant third. I think the most likely scenario is that Hilliard gets a shot to maintain that pass catching role. If he stumbles, then McNichols will be right back out there. And Foreman's role should be fairly secure as the early down, bigger bodied guy. He's like a a very, 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 very no-name version of Derrick Henry, but he's kind of stepped in to that role. Matt Breda, 41% rostered. We'll see him on Monday night. He's getting a shot here to carve out a larger role in that Buffalo backfield. And if he performs well, if he does it again here on Monday night, if he can stay healthy, he'll be a hot waiver wire pickup for the second straight week. Tevin Coleman. Now, time is running out here because Michael Carter is going to be back eventually, but Coleman has taken control of that Jets backfield the last two weeks. Ty Johnson did see he had the edge and snaps. He ran far more routes than Coleman this week, but Coleman outtouched him in the game, and he had the same number of targets despite the fact that he ran so many fewer routes in that one. So the ceiling is still very low for a Jets back, but that's 70 yards on 18 touches in Week 12 for Coleman, and now 77 yards on 14 touches in Week 13. Those are decent RB3 flex numbers, so you could pick him up. As predicted, I mean, everybody ran out last week when Christian McCaffrey went down and picked up Chuba Hubbard again. He's up to 76% rostered, but remember, Amir Abdullah, only 4% rostered right now. It is possible that Abdullah could have more value between those two guys the rest of the way. They have a very tough fantasy playoff schedule. Abdullah could be a sneaky flex option if they need to throw more, and Abdullah has that pass-catching role. Abdullah could be the one that you actually want to play if you want to dive into playing either of those guys, but it is going to be more of a split than what we saw earlier in the season when Hubbard really took on most of the work after CMC went down the first time. I really, I could spend all day on running backs here. I mean, we could talk about guys like Carlos Hyde. He should probably be rostered at this point, just with James Robinson playing through injuries and having some fumbling issues. Same with Samaja Pirine and Justin Jackson on the off chance that we see Mixon or Eckler, those minor injuries I talked about. If they turn out to be something worse, you're going to want to have those guys on your roster. The Eagles, They're going on bye, but with that Miles Sanders injury, hopefully he's going to be healthy after the bye. But if not, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, they're both worth stashing just in case Sanders can't go in week 15. And then if you're super desperate, if you're extremely, extremely desperate on your roster, you could pick up Adrian Peterson as just that touchdown dependent kind of flex option. There's not much left in the tank. Just go look at what he's doing when he gets in the field. It's not that impressive, but Peterson, he could still fall into the end zone for you. So I feel kind of contractually obligated to mention him here. It's not a great option though. That Seahawks backfield, it has been a cesspool this season. You don't really want to get involved with them. So only a situation where you got to be pretty desperate. On to receivers. Devontae Parker, he's over that 50% rostered mark, but he did come back this week. 
He looked pretty good. He's worth an ad if he's still out there in your league. Russell Gage, 34% rostered. Coming off this 11-catch, 130-yard day. He did have a fumble as well, but 12 targets is just outstanding. By far his most this season. And he's had some pretty usable stat lines over the last seven weeks. Four for 67 and one, seven for 64, five for 49, six for 62 and one. And then the one I just mentioned, 130-yard game on Sunday. Now, he's also had a couple zeros mixed in during that stretch. So the floor is extremely low, but he's a solid wide receiver three flex play, really operating as the, the number one receiver with Calvin Ridley out and probably not coming back this year. Let's face it at this point. So Gage is an option there. Marcus Valdez-Scantling, we talked about him last week prior to his bye, had 19 targets over his last two contests, really been emerging as the number two behind Devontae Adams. And I talked about him last week. I talked about him on Wednesday's waiver show too, as one of the five players who I think could get really hot down the stretch. So go and get him now before that breakout really happens. A lot of wide receiver three flex guys. I mean, I'm looking at the list here, you know, receivers that it's really all you're going to find this time of year. You're not going to find a top 10, top 12 kind of receiver option that's kind of reserved for running backs when injuries happen. But we could name some other guys. Kendrick Bourne on the Patriots. We'll see what he can do in that bad weather game against the Bills on Monday Night Football. But he's been a decent fantasy play lately. The Lions guys, Amonra St. Brown, who caught the walk-off touchdown. He had that career day, 10 catches, 86 yards, and the touchdown. Josh Reynolds also had a second straight good game there, 70 and a touchdown on Thanksgiving, and then 69 yards this week. Hard to put your faith in Lions receivers, I know, but both these guys are in that flex conversation, and if you don't have better options, it's not that bad putting them out there and getting those kind of stats. Hitting on tight end quick, Ricky Seals-Jones, 5% rostered. We already made the case for him. Logan Thomas going to be sidelined for a bit. If RSJ can get back out there, if he is healthy, he could be that low-end tight end one for you down the stretch, just like he was earlier this season. Tyler Conklin, his outlook's a little brighter with Adam Thielen nursing the high ankle sprain, gives him a bump into that tight end one conversation as well. And then I still like what I'm seeing from Cole Komet. He's only 26% rostered, had another decent outing, 41 yards this week, seven targets in that game. You could do worse at tight end these days. And then we'll finish off with some defenses. There's actually a lot of good options at defense this week. Broncos are close to that 50% mark. They're at 46% rostered, but they get the Lions in week 14. The Packers, 33% rostered against the Bears. The Titans, 23% rostered facing the Jaguars. The Saints, 45% rostered. They're going up against the Jets. The Seahawks, 13% rostered at Houston. They're going to get to play Davis Mills probably like we talked about earlier. And then the Panthers, 25% rostered versus the Falcons. All six of those are going up against teams that are in the top 10 in terms of fantasy points allowed to defenses. So they're widely available. You shouldn't have a problem finding defense to start in week 14. And then if we want to look ahead to week 15 in the fantasy playoffs and some of the defenses that will be available and have good matchups there, the Browns, 34% rostered. They'll face the Raiders. The Broncos, again, you could go with them. They're going up against the Bengals. And I mentioned this one on last week's show. It's dangerous, but the Texans get the Jaguars in week 15. And if you can't find another defense, Houston could be a nice fallback. They've been all right in some games recently in terms of fantasy production. So you could look at them just because the matchup is so good. You could also look at the Jags on the other side if they're going up against Davis Mills in that game. But that's all for today's show. Make sure you're checking out that full waiver wire column Monday night over at The Score. I'll be back Wednesday for the Week 14 preview episode. But until then, big thanks for all the ratings and reviews over at Apple Podcasts. I always appreciate those. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. 
said leave on time my baby said leave on time leave on time with me